Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's a big week of Thanksgiving football. We've got Packers versus Lions, 49ers versus Seahawks, number one Ohio State versus number three Michigan, and of course, the game of the year, our Black Friday, Iowa versus Nebraska, the lowest over-under point total in college football history. So if you guys head to Bet Online Sportsbook today with the link in the description of this episode, use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, when you make your first deposit, you can get a 50% welcome bonus that goes towards betting under 26 and a half on Iowa versus Nebraska. 26 and a half is the over-under, and I guarantee you should bet the under. Bet online where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping on into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast, and podcasts aren't live. It's the whole purpose of this podcasting thing. You can listen however and whenever it is that you so choose, and we appreciate that you have decided to stop in however and whenever it is that you may be choosing to, according to my count, the 1,320th episode of the Take It Easy podcast. It makes me sound so goddamn old and so goddamn exhausting of hearing my own voice. But you know what? It's episode 1,320 of the Take It Easy podcast, and I'm so excited to be here with all of you here today. We've got a fun show planned for you today. Juju Talks Sports, our friend and uh, co-host, usually about once a week, once every couple weeks here on the show. He joined us, and uh, we wanted to talk about the Shohei Otani free agency sweepstakes because there's so many ridiculous and fun winding aspects of this. The fact that on Thursday he was named the unanimous MVP of the league for his second MVP. The fact that, as we've talked about before, his best baseball is behind him. That doesn't mean he won't continue to play exceptional baseball for the remainder of his career. But the fact that these last two and a half years have been him pushing the bounds of the human body to the absolute limit to deliver the best prime of any prime in Major League Baseball history. So good that it's really hard to even dispute anyone else 
being at the top of that list other than Shohei Otani's prime being the best prime statistically in the history of Major League Baseball. And now he's a free agent, and the team that is willing to pay him will be the team that most likely he wears their cap on his Hall of Fame plaque when he gets inducted just a few years from now. And so Juju and I wanted to take a look at the winding aspects of this. Otani meeting with the Giants and the Dodgers, the Texas Rangers getting in the game and why that one makes all the sense in the world. Jeff Passan talking about the Boston Red Sox getting involved, the Atlanta Braves getting involved. Reporters in Chicago are saying that the Cubs are going to get involved because of course the Cubs are going to get involved. I'm shocked that it took six teams announcing their interest in Shohei Otani for the Cubs to finally get involved in his free agency process. It's all very fun. It's all very exciting. And it's why we have this wacky and wonderful Star Wars parody song anytime we dive into the Star Wars universe of Major League Baseball. Because again, Star Wars, for me, is baseball. Because baseball was incredible for me as a, it was a, a, lo- a love of my life as a seven to 10 year old. And it's just been diminishing returns ever since. And two generations before me also feel that way about Star Wars. They thought Star Wars was awesome when they were seven to 10, whether you're Gen X or millennial. And ever since then, it's just been diminishing returns ever since, whether you're a fan of the original movies, the prequels, it's just Star Wars was cool as a kid. It's diminished in returns ever since on your excitement, but you still nerd out about it and love it just like we nerd out and love baseball and that's why we made this incredible star wars parody song so that we can get in the mood get the vibe to travel to a galaxy far far away and talk about the free agency of jedi master otani episode five the dodger empire strikes back after five days of battles A perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose. Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the Force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their Empire State along the Eastern Seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, 
Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. The MLB hot stove is heating up, and the top desired free agent on the market is going to be one Shohei Otani. We just saw a report come out from John Heyman saying Shohei Otani's narrowed it down to three teams, the Texas Rangers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, and the San Francisco Giants. When I say those three teams out loud, do you think that they fit with Shohei Otani? Yes, because they're three teams that can offer a lot of money and have been preparing to offer a lot of money to Shohei Otani. And Texas honestly wasn't in this game until they went on this playoff run, right? Texas is one of these big money spending teams that just basically bought themselves X number of wins, got themselves into the playoff crapshoot and ended up winning a world championship out of it, which by the way, no shame. That's how baseball works. You spend a shit ton of money, you get into the crapshoot playoffs, and then you get some good luck go your way and some players get hot at the right time and Bruce Bochy being your manager. By the way, they're paying an ungodly amount of money to Bruce Bochy as well. So all worth every penny, worth every penny and more. Like, I'm not even complaining about like this. This is like well played by you. You bought 90 wins that got you in the playoffs and it turned out great for Texas. Otani would be interesting going to Texas. I saw someone like make what the lineup would look like next year if you had Otani in there and it would be like Evan Carter as the eight hitter Evan Carter who is almost an all-star would be the eight hitter on that team Josh Jung the AL rookie of the year would be like the seven hitter Adolis would slide down to the cleanup spot be so interesting to watch and by the way it's a team that really doesn't need Otani to pitch given that Otani is going to be out for all next year in the pitching side while he has Tommy John surgery two in five years Uh, you know we'll see what the pitching becomes for him but they don't really need him to be a starting pitcher. In fact, if Otani does move to this like hybrid bullpen role with the back end of his career, I mean, the thing Texas really needs is bullpen. So yeah. if Otani could be a lockdown closer or an eighth and nine or like a, a three inning guy at the back end of the bullpen, like doesn't he like the unique player who gives you six outs every time he goes into the game as a reliever? I mean, that would be just exactly what Texas ordered. Yeah, you know, he he definitely does seem like a good fit if he was to slide into that bullpen role. Would Shohei Otane joining the 2023 World Series champions feel the most Kevin Durant move of baseball that we've ever seen? No, because I would assume like Texas is never going to get back to the World Series after getting him because baseball is random and stupid. <laughs> like that's think about it this way. Tampa Bay Rays, when they made the World Series in 2020, everyone was talking about they were like two years ahead of schedule on their rebuild. Tampa, like in the le- next few years, lost in the 
divisional round with the number one seed, lost in the wild card round, and then lost in the wild card round again. Like baseball is just stupid and ridiculous sometimes. Like it's so hard to win in this random ass sport that I don't even think it's that weird if Otani goes from the Angels to Texas. And by the way, if he does go from the Angels to the World Series champions, good. You deserve it. This king, you absolutely deserve it. As compensation for all of your years spent wasting away in Anaheim, you deserve (laughs) to join the World Series champions. I think people would be more outraged if he joined the Dodgers than the defending World Series champions. No, I I agree with that. And for him, at least, I know obviously the schedule has changed. So where you play your division opponents a little bit less, but the fact that he would get to play the Angels a little bit more repetitively for the next 10 seasons, presumably, I think would be a just dessert for that organization, that baseball hell that is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I think it would be retribution to see Shohei Itani play them, what, 16 games a year, I think is the new breakdown, something like that. Either way, regardless. Um, 16, yeah. The Rangers, though, are a slight deviation from what we've heard from Shohei Itani or about Shohei Otani's free agent desires in recent years. We've heard that he's prioritized specifically West Coast teams. Now, Texas, obviously, Central Standard Time, a couple hours time difference, but one only one hour time difference removed from like the East Coast, which we heard he completely rolled out the teams like the New York teams, Boston. We saw that those got taken off the list right away. So the Rangers are, again, a deviation from what we've heard about him in the past. The Dodgers, as you mentioned, it seems like they've been clearing up some money for a while to try and make this move happen. We've talked about it internally as well with the Giants on what kind of pressures Farhan Zaidi must be under. Obviously, they fired Gabe Kapler this year. You bring in Bob Melvin. There's a lot of pressure on them, especially how the Aaron Judge, the Carlos Correa thing went last offseason. Giants fans are ready to like tear Farhan Zaidi apart if he doesn't make a move. It didn't necessarily need to be the Shohei move, but it feels like you've been kind of amping that up to your fans for years. And to not make that would be like an, an ultimate slap in the face for Giants fans who kind of bought into this administration. Who do you think is under more pressure to sign in between the Giants and Dodgers? More pressure is got to be the Giants just because it means more to the Giants. Like the Dodgers getting Otani would feel closer to a luxury than it does the Giants. Like the Dodgers last year still won a hundred some odd games, despite the fact that they had Julio Oriesco out for the season as he had his second domestic violence, uh, essentially like administrative leave that he'll probably never play a baseball game again. Him going out, Ginger Guard getting injured again. Everything that happened with their pitching staff felt like a problem. And of course, you added that Gavin Lux tore his knee in spring training last year, and he was supposed to be the replacement for Corey Seager. And despite all of that, I don't feel like the Dodgers felt like they missed Trey Turner. I don't feel like the Dodgers missed Cody Bellinger last year. Like they have been able to replicate success with. Even a J.D. Martinez. I mean, that was a classic signing where it's like, hey, the Dodgers are going to get a one-year player in the door and he's going to bloom back into an all-star, right? Like the Dodgers will be able to exist without Otani. They've done it before and we suspect they'll be able to do it again. Now, we could be wrong. Again, like all your luck runs out, all your development runs out. Eventually, you can only withstand but so many losses. But I think there's more pressure on the Giants because like 
what are the Giants going to do? Like give Sonny Gray a hundred million dollars? Like the Giants are kind of in a lose-lose position regardless because either they get Otani and set themselves up for potential disappointment or they don't get Otani and feel like once again, they don't have any hope going into next year. So as much as we like bitch and moan about these 10-year contracts in the MLB and how they never work. I think if you're a Giants fan, if you're a fan of baseball in general and your team is in the market for a big-name free agent, you have to look at the teams who have won World Series or made World Series runs in the last couple of years. You're wearing a Philadelphia Phillies hat. You know, everyone would agree that Bryce Harper contract worked out for the better. You bet on a generational player and it worked out in your benefit. Um that one is like a great example of being aggressive and spending money and it working out. The Rangers obviously just winning a World Series, what they did with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager should inspire teams to be more aggressive on the free agent market. So I think, yes, the Giants, you mentioned lose-lose, it can be win-win. I, I don't think that we should just talk about it as it just all doom and gloom. Sometimes you can bring in a guy and he can motivate a team to want to play outside, play above their heads. Now, Shohei, obviously, we haven't seen that translate with the Angels. Different circumstances altogether, although if you take the Angels shine off of him, who knows? Maybe he excels in another dugout. Then that team decides to go on to future success. But I think that I used to look down on like teams kind of in the middle signing these big-name free agents. But I, I now look at it and say, well, maybe you're setting yourself up for something bigger, even if it's not immediate success, like the 2024 Giants just sign Shohei and they're immediately a 90 win team in the playoffs and making a deep run. The 2025 giants, the 2026 giants, it kind of sets you up for future years because you look at the Rangers last year and they did not look like those two free agent signings, Simeon or Seager was going to work out for them. And then a year later, after they bring in Bruce Bochy, they're again, winning a world series. So I think that it, you can't be short sighted with these free agent signings. You have to think if we are signing them for a 10-year contract, we're not expecting them to just shine in year one. We want them to shine years two, three, four, and five. We just need to get that guy in the building at least. Uh, going back, just a quick pivot to the Dodgers. It's funny you mentioned like Justin Turner and Cody Ballinger because I did just see that uh, Justin Turner, he opted out of his Red Sox contract and Ballinger also was a free agent. So it would be funny to see those two end up back in LA just a year later. I think they did miss them in the sense that I'm sure the Dodgers would have loved to have Cody Ballinger's last season in their lineup because they were disappointed, obviously, with the previous two years. But Cody Ballinger's last season was fucking awesome. Yeah, he just played himself into what, like $150 million or something like that? Like, whatever Brandon Nimmo signed for the Mets, that's what Cody Bellinger's about to get in free agency this year, like eight years, 160 or something like that. But yeah, the flip side of this conversation is the Giants getting Shohei Otani is going to be really, really fun, right? Like I was talking about like it's a lose-lose situation potentially and that's putting pressure on the Giants organization, but it's going to be really fun to have Shohei Otani because like people who bemoan the $300 million contract, like it's a model that works in baseball now. If you squeeze out the middle class and you can get star player who makes $600,000, you can then spend money on star player who you know locks down a position for the next 10 years for, you know, whatever whatever the cost may be. If in the case of Semyon, it's $170 million. In the case of Corey Seager, it's $300 million. And by the way, this is baseball. Like there, there are different models of success. If you look at the previous World Series MVPs, it's Eddie Rosario, who was acquired mid-season by the Braves, 
winning World Series MVP replacing Ronald Acuna. Then it's Jeremy Pena, who was making like $900,000 replacing Carlos Correa. He won World Series MVP. And then it's $300 million Corey Seager winning World Series MVP. Oh, by the way, who also won World Series MVP in 2020 when he was making $20 million a year with the Dodgers on arbitration, right? Like there's so many different ways you can build a winner in baseball. And when you spend $300 million on a Corey Seager, what you're essentially saying is we have a shortstop and a number two hitter for the next 10 years locked in don't have to worry about that position ever again maybe they'll give you top of the league production maybe they'll give you just all-star level production but you have that locked down and most of the time you're not going to regret having that locked down even though san diego hasn't had the success they were hoping that manny machado contract has been one of the best signings in franchise history because what they got themselves is the hall of Fame third baseman for like 15 years under contract first the 10-year contract then he played five years then he got another 10-year contract what they basically said is we will lock down a hall of fame caliber third baseman for 15 years we'll have to make more moves in order to win a championship but it locks down that hall of fame player and if the giants can sign Shohei Otani they lock down a hall of fame designated hitter who will probably go into the hall of fame with a San Francisco Giants hat on his head like, that's what you lock down by buying it. So just because you don't win a championship or compete for a championship doesn't mean it can't be a massive success. Now, that's a fun conversation there. Either of the teams that sign Shohei Otani, is that going to be what's going to go down on his uh, Hall of Fame bust? The Angels, obviously a big part of his career, the team that brought him to the States, but obviously the zero playoff experience whatsoever in his time there. I just don't see how he goes in it as, as Angel. I think it's a guarantee that whoever signs him next, that's his team as a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and he gets to pick, so I don't think he's going to want to pick the Angels, assuming that, well, I don't know. Like, if he if he walked away tomorrow, he'd probably still make the Hall of Fame. So in that sense, like, maybe the no. best of years of his career will still end up in the Angels. Juju. No, he wouldn't. Juju. Be, no, he wouldn't. Because, it, it, listen, how rigid baseball Hall of Fame voters are, they would not put Shohei in. Juju. This is They, they would not put Shohei in. Years. Maybe you would, but I'm just saying that baseball Hall of Fame voters would not even I went because longevity is just as big a point of it. Like if longevity didn't matter, I would put Tim Lincecum in. If longevity didn't matter, I would put Tim Lincecum in because beating Tim Lincecum's peak as a pitcher is hard to do. But since longevity does matter, I think Shohei similarly has to do at least do it for at least another five years. I'm not asking for him to do it for a 20 year LeBron run. I'm asking him to do it for another five years or at least give competent production for another five years, because we've seen a lot of guys come in, give two, three years of amazing production and then fade off into the existence. That's the difference between hall of fame and hall. Very good. Yeah. And I think the best years of his pitching career are probably past him at this point. I don't think we're going to see him make an all-star game pitching 150 innings ever again in his career. I mean, you know, who, who am I to doubt the great Shohei Otani, but He's the kind of player who, because of the style of play that he's played, that puts so much wear and tear on the body. I think people will take that into account that like, hey, for two and a half years, he was this magical shining gift in the sky. And obviously it was doing damage to his body because he was Again, doing way too much. Well, OK, so we're probably at least 10 years away from having to have these discussions on Shohei Otani's Hall of Fame eligibility. But I would just 
or probably even more like 15 years realistically. So any of the older voters in the Baseball Writers Association of America probably won't be with us by that time. And maybe that will give some new blood into the voting process and maybe some analytics guys kind of get in there. So things could change in that respect. But at least with this current group of guys, this current group of writers, given what we've seen with all the steroid guys and everything like that, I just don't see it happening. I would just tell you like right now, if you retire tomorrow, I wouldn't see it happening with this current group of writers. But that's beyond the point. Who do you think he signs with? Just putting it out there, putting it out there in the world. Who do you think he ends up with? Because I'm just going to be negative and pessimistic myself. And I think it's the Dodgers, unfortunately, because that's the way it's gone the last few years. Of the teams he wants to play for and the teams that he's shown interest in, which I know the Mariners have also been connected to him. I know they haven't really been reported recently as being around the Otani sweepstakes, but of the teams he wants to play for, the team that offers him the most money is the team that he will sign for. And granted, that was not the case with Aaron Judge. The San Diego offered Aaron Judge like $400 million, and he chose the 360 with the Yankees because he just didn't want to go play for that organization. So the team that offers him the most money of the teams that he wants to play for will be the team that gets him. And the Giants could be that team. The Dodgers could be that team. Texas could be that team. I would just say, you know, what do we know is important to Shohei right now? You mentioned the money, but he's made money. He's made a lot of money so far being in the pros. I think that at this point, he's trying to build his legacy even further, and that's going to require a winner or a team that he considers a winner. The Dodgers, at least for all their issues in winning a World Series, 100 wins consistently every year. He probably values that, but the Rangers just off winning a World Series, he wants to hold that trophy one day. I I know it in his eyes. He wants to win that trophy one day. You look at what he did with the World Baseball Classic. This man wants to win something significant before he's done playing in the MLB. So Jeff Passan saying that the Red Sox may be a team that's interested in getting involved in Shohei. And then John Morosi is having a counterpoint saying that the Braves are including themselves in the Shohei sweepstakes. Ah, yes, the classic. We're getting other teams involved to drive up the bids on the teams that are actually interested in signing Shohei Otani. Because didn't we say in our last Shohei Otani video that Otani has been pretty clear behind the scenes that he doesn't want to go to an East Coast team? Like Boston and Atlanta, last time I checked, They're out there in the AL and NL East. I know they're not technically on the coast, but that's pretty far east. I don't think Otani's going to either of those places. Why would he go to Boston? Boston is just fired their general manager, their last place in the American League East. And I did say Otani would sign with, of those places that we mentioned earlier, the one that would throw the most money at him. Like Boston would have to, I know it's crazy because it's the Boston Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox would probably have to pay a premium in order to lure Shohei Otani to play for their franchise because Boston is not in a position to sign them. The Atlanta Braves, uh, this feels like a classic case of like the Braves are getting involved so that their fan base doesn't get mad at them for sitting out the Otani sweepstakes. Because I don't think Atlanta has seriously bid on any major free agent in this entire Alex Anthropolis regime that they've had going on here. So, I I mean, we'll see what ends up happening between those teams. But Dodgers and Rangers makes all the sense in the world. I know it strategically left out your San Francisco Giants from from the bidding, but Dodgers and Rangers seem to be the two places. And I believe 
uh, when they asked general managers at that general managers meeting that got canceled because everyone got sick. I believe it was like 11 out of 14 people they asked said that Otani was going to end up with the Dodgers in their expert opinion. So it seems like this is moving in the direction of Dodgers and Rangers potentially being the two teams in the Otani game. Well, again, you mentioned it, the idea of Shohei playing on a team that plays in the Eastern Standard Time. That was one of those things that we were told very early on in Shohei's free agency process that he would not have any desire to play for a team that plays on the East Coast. However, with the Rangers rumor, it did seem like the boundaries of that were getting extended. Obviously, talking about Central Standard Time versus Eastern Standard Time, you know, we're talking about just a one hour time difference. And I know a lot of people make the argument, well, hey, if he plays on the West Coast, you know, that's closer to Japan if he ever wants to go home. Well, he's not going home throughout the course of the season. He's not flying all the way to Japan throughout the course of a 162-game baseball season. So I, I feel as though we should kind of start letting that one go in a respect because he's going to be making a lot of money. If he wants to, like during the offseason, buy a vacation home in L.A., and then fly home to Japan and as much as he wants over the course of the offseason, he's going to be more than free to do that. During the course of the season, it's not like he's taking that, I don't know, what is it, 10-hour plane ride back to Japan either way. So I, I don't think that that's as much of an issue as it's been made. I think the bigger issue for him is ultimately going to be the winning element. Now, the Red Sox, you mentioned, it's a little bit of a mess. They have some pieces you like. Like, maybe Trevor Story can figure it out again. Obviously, Rafael Devers is still in that lineup. Verdugo, Yoshida, you know, they have some players on that team. It's not completely doom and gloom from a roster standpoint. There was even points last year where they were looking semi-competitive, but the AL East is a loaded division at the end of the day. When it comes to the Braves, though, if you want to talk about winning, the Braves were incredible last season until we got to the playoffs. And if you're the Braves, you mentioned you not want to make your fans disappointed. They were talking World Series. They thought they were going to be a lot to be in the World Series. Hell, when we talked baseball last year in the midway point of the season, you're like, we might as well just pencil in the Braves into the NLCS or put it in pen, actually. And it didn't happen. So I feel as though the Braves, maybe Shohei would be a bit ambitious, but I don't think it's inconceivable that they should really try to be putting themselves into the sweepstakes because Think about that lineup. Uh, MLB Game Day actually put up their potential lineup if they got Shohei. Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Riley, and Shohei batting cleanup. Yeah, you can mix around that order as much as you want, but that would be one of the most insane starts to a lineup in the MLB. And even the rest of their starting lineup is great too, but that, that would feel like almost a guaranteed 10 runs a game. Juju, you didn't even include the five hitter on this team who hit 50 damn home runs last Olsen, season yeah. in Matt Olson. That would be ridiculous. Again, the Braves as an organization have never been in on the big free agents. What's the thing we also say about the Braves? They re-sign all of the guys and they are all on like really affordable contracts for some weird reason. Like Albies is on an, is like 7 million a year. Cunha makes $100 million over eight years. Austin Riley's the big guy with $200 million over 12 years. Like, they have gotten great value on, on what was the best lineup in baseball last year. And from a baseball sense standpoint, it does make sense for them to get in on the Otani game. They need to do something, right? I mean, what was it that um, 
their manager said they were built for regular season, but not built for playoffs. And they got to figure out how to build for the playoffs. And they've lost to the Phillies each of the last two years, a team that I guess is better positioned for playoff baseball, whatever that means. But I guess it makes sense there. And I think that's why Texas is in the game. Like it makes too sense for Otani to go to Texas from a baseball standpoint. We talked about this last week. One, as he recovers from his rehab, they need bullpen help. If Otani converts to this hybrid, like seventh, eighth, ninth inning, long-term reliever type of experiment from the bullpen, Texas is the perfect place for that to, to potentially come together. Texas is the franchise that's willing to spend money like nobody's business. I mean, from a money standpoint, there's the income tax situation, which is a little misleading because you, you pay taxes based on the state that you play the game in. So it's only like 80 of the games a year would his paychecks be tax deductible but besides the point like texas is in this unique position where it makes a lot of baseball sense where they have openings at the designated hitter position they can use him as a hybrid relief role and they have ridiculous amounts of money to throw at shohei otani and oh by the way they just won the world series this last season so like from a baseball standpoint i understand why texas is now in this game and why tawny would consider them if he doesn't want to go to the east coast and he doesn't want to be if he doesn't want to go to the east coast and he's interested in uh the dodgers or the giants or teams on the west coast and making 600 million dollars potentially on this contract i i just it's a weird match between them and the braves it it seems like a weird fitting that they're trying to force together and maybe money talks at the end of it but i would be confused i wouldn't even say shocked i would be confused if otani pivots and goes to the braves at the end of all this when everything we've been hearing is Dodgers and Giants and potentially Texas and Seattle wanting to get involved. It would be a little bit strange if at the end of all of this, he ended up with the Atlanta Braves, a team that could use him. Yeah. Granted, any team could use Otani, but one that we hadn't really thought was Otani's interest. So now that we've seen a couple East Coast teams and the Braves and the Red Sox, especially the Red Sox get involved in this. Does this open the floodgates for us to see more of the notorious names that consistently get involved in these types of free agent races like the Yankees and the Mets? Uh, The Mets, I mean, obviously you want to keep them away from the Braves and you had a last season's catastrophe happen for the Yankees. You could always sell them on that short right field porch, right? Yeah, I think because of how much of a disaster last year's Yankee teams are, I don't think they're in the game for Otani at this point. I'm dumbfounded that the Cubs haven't leaked that they're interested yet. Like the Cubs seem like the classic team to be like, hey, we're going all in on Shohei Otani. I like the Cubs are that team that you always are just like, hey, it's time for the Cubs to to throw $500 million at someone or at least like pretend like they're interested. Like the I'm I'm shocked the Cubs haven't put a bid in yet on Shohei Otani. But yeah, I mean, everyone should be trying to get involved or at least gauging interest. Hell, Tampa should be trying to get involved here. I know they don't spend money, but they got it. Like, hell, your team is like right on the precipice of like either falling out of contention in the AL East or continuing to compete with the Baltimores and the Torontos and the Yankees of the world. Like, yeah, all these teams should be trying to get involved in Otani in some way, shape or form. I just don't 
think Otani has to take their calls. I mean, you can yeah. you can submit a bid, but if, is, if it's just going to be money, that's the only way I think he's going to get interested. He's been pretty clear about what he wants in free agency. You know what? Let's create a social media superstar team and let's put them on the Reds. Let's talk about them as dark horse. Let's get Ellie <laughs> Dela Cruz and Shoei Otani in the same lineup together. If we're going to be talking about real dark horse contenders, now let's get back into the real reporting. I do want to say, you mentioned it, you alluded it to it earlier, Jeff Passan leaving out the Giants on his potential list. And Jeff Passan, obviously a trusted voice in the baseball community. What do you think of the Giants? Is he already starting to set it up for, yeah, the Giants are going to be in on this? I have seen it too many times where the Giants have been used as leverage for other teams, man. Like the Giants, the Giants don't want to spend that money. The Giants don't want to spend that money on a single player. And I know they did it with Carlos Correa and then backed out because of the medical situation. But like the Giants don't want to spend that kind of money, man. It's not going to happen for San Francisco. I told you from the beginning, it's not going to happen for San Francisco. I've seen this movie too many times. I've seen this leverage being played against them too many times. It's not going to happen. Man, the, if if Shohei were there for the Giants to have at that point and they and, and it was like 10 years 500 million dollars otani's interested this is what he's looking at the dodgers would just throw 50 million dollars on top of their offer just out of spite man like the dodge i i know i'm being like facetious with this this isn't actually how baseball negotiations work but like the dodgers are not going to be outbid for otani over the giants like the dodgers have more money than the giants the Dodgers have more financial investment in their current team than the Giants do, which is not a deterrent for the Dodgers. Remember, that regional television contract is just pooling in money for the Dodgers. They can go into the tax level. This is why they moved off of Trey Turner. This is why they moved off of Bellinger. This is why they moved off Justin Turner was for this reason, so that they can now invest in a team that in 2024 is potentially good. They're already guaranteed hundred wins every season. How about we take the next step and get back to 105? How about we get the number one seed again? I just don't see a world where the Dodgers are going to look up at whatever the giants are bidding for Otani and say, yeah, that's too rich for our blood, especially for a player that they actively want. Cause they didn't want Aaron judge when he was a free agent last year. It was between the Yankees and the Giants because the Yankees and the Giants were the two teams Judge would consider in the first place. Uh, if Otani's willing to consider them and they clearly are interested in Otani, I don't think there's a world where the Dodgers are going to get beat on this versus the Giants. I've seen, the, I've seen the story too many times. I've seen it too many times with this San Francisco Giants ownership group. John Heyman, John Morosi, and Jeff Passan have all weighed in. The list is currently... Braves, Giants, Dodgers, Rangers, Red Sox. Where do you think Shohei Otani ends up this coming season? Leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on all our social medias from Juju and Kyle. Stay safe, happy, and healthy. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.